boys and girls, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who gives us new life, and he's doing a new thing for us. You can always donut. Believers butt climb. Doing our new thing. You can always donut. Who's doing it? Believers butt climb. Doing our new thing. Oh no, no. So I have a number of rules before we even start. Rule number one, don't drop anything on the floor. Rule number two, if you need to go to the bathroom, you don't. Rule number three, you don't speak unless I ask you to. So that everyone can hear what we've got to say. <laughs> All right, we've uh, we've got a bit of a palate cleanser, I guess, so to speak, <laughs> after the last last two episodes of a lot of Huckabee information. Um, this, oh, is, uh, sure. this, this is this kind of getting back to uh, getting back to basics. Um, Going to be doing a Billy Graham book today, and I will I will confess, I would not have typically done a Billy Graham book. There's a lot of stuff out there. You know, he, he passed away a few years ago. He's got his son going strong. But this is a book I saw while going to garage sales. And I and there, there were actually many different Christian books at this yard sale. I, I hit the jackpot of books that were, they were selling them for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> you, you got a bunch of them. Um, and it was a house that was apparently owned by the guy's like mother, but also his grandma and aunt lived there and they had like hoarded a bunch of books. So yeah. Wow. Pretty, pretty proud of myself. <laughs> you should be. Before we get into the, uh, the book though, do you want to talk about your birthday? Happy birthday, Marissa. Yeah, I am. Um, Contrary to popular belief, not turning, I did not turn 40 years old. Um, let's just say I'm in my early 30s. Um, sadly, uh, sadly, can't say 20 anymore, but I don't really even count last year. I didn't even really have a birthday because of COVID. So, oh, so that, one, that one just doesn't count, that one? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, but I will go with on my birth certificate and, and honor that. Uh, yes. <laughs> the interesting thing about the 40th so if anybody doesn't know uh for her birthday uh margaret and i uh sprung for a cameo of seven kevin sorbo kevin not seven kevin sorbo um in other words i basically you know hired a hooker (laughs) Cause that's what it felt. I like. know. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm feeling some guilt and some shame. Like, don't give him money. But then, I think about all the money I spend on Amazon, and in the grand scheme of things, let me let me backtrack. I don't spend a lot of money on Amazon, but um, for everything I buy on Amazon, I try not to picture someone in a warehouse with like a shock collar and wearing a diaper because they have to pick up the stuff in the warehouse so fast. So. I got that feeling with Russell and Margaret. I'm like, do not give this guy money. Like, you read his Twitter, and he's just a terrible person. But he is a terrible person. But it was very entertaining, and <laughs> basically, um, um, if anyone wants to see it, I will send you the link. I really debate putting it publicly since we're actually not Kevin Sorbo fans. But basically, if you want to hear Kevin talk about everything he's doing and all his movie projects in his studio while also just casually mentions that he wishes you a happy birthday. This one is for you. And uh, we can cut in some audio for this episode. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Let's, but... We're going to cut in some Kevin so you can hear it. 
Because I really don't want to be putting it on our Twitter that's like, look, like we didn't even really troll him or anything. Um, he just he just loves talking about himself. So let me tell you about my experience uh, with Cameo. Um, first of all, I'm conflicted because just as a consumer, very positive experience. I, um, the transact the transaction was smooth. They they said. They suggested I give Sorbo up to seven days to to make the video. Within two hours, K Sorbs had delivered that video. That was like <laughs> that was the best thing that I that I heard from Margaret, your wife. She's like, we paid for it <laughs> on a Saturday morning, and within two hours, we got the product. I'm like, man, he does not have have anything no. to do. Um. So when when you're getting a cameo, which I will never do again. And the reason why is because it did not make me feel good. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, the the product is great. I mean, he seems batshit crazy in that video. Um, and like just a total asshole. But Yeah. I think I think we should upload the full the full it's like two minutes and sixteen seconds. Okay. I think we should just upload the full thing okay. uncut because there's just so much in it totally. that that um, listeners have to digest. <laughs> I mean we can just hit some highlights uh, right now just to discuss it, which is that like one so when I was when I was uh doing this, they have a two hundred and fifty character uh limit when you're making your request. Which is not a lot, right? Because I had no. planned, I had planned to put a bunch of shit in there. Like I had created this whole thing where Marissa is from New Zealand, and like she saw <laughs> the Jim Beam commercial that he was in, and then that's when she became a fan. Um, <laughs> needless to say, I got super high right before I I wrote this. Which was a mistake because the entire time I was paranoid about being found out as a troll. I was like, right. Kevin's good Kevin's gonna realize that I'm making fun of him and he's not gonna take my money and make a video. Um Oh, he's gonna that, take your money regardless. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like and that's that's the thing. Like, uh now in retrospect is like, of course Kevin Sorbo is gonna fucking take that money. But, but um, granted, in the in the in the marijuana-addled brain, you're right. always like, "Oh my god, oh my god, he's gonna <laughs> look up this name and find out that." I mean, like I, I think I mentioned to you, like contrary to most evangelicals, we probably know more about him and his family and yeah. their dogs, past and present, than the majority of people that read those books like out of actual interest so i would i, think, I would say i, think I would go enough time that he can shit on us for trolling i i actually really think that um like christian evangelical fans of of his work not even people who read his books but just people who like sorbo and like to watch the movies and stuff i think we probably know more about the sorbo's personal theology oh, than 100%. those people yeah yeah, um, I uh it's not a good feeling. <laughs> it's not. But um so I typed this up, I had to edit a bunch of stuff out. I knew I wanted to talk about Gizmo. I knew I wanted to try to get him to talk about Gizmo. Um so that had to stay in there. A bunch of stuff had to come out. But when I was done, I saw that I had 
four characters left. And the message started with, uh, you know, we want to wish uh, our friend Marissa a happy birthday. And I said, 40th, right? Like, I think that'll be funny. And Margaret's like, yeah, do it. Totally do it. So you can blame Margaret because even though it was my idea, I wasn't necessarily going to do it, but she pushed me for it. Um, it you could have gone the other way. You could have been like, my 10-year-old daughter uh, <laughs> is such a huge fan um, I really <laughs> want to see where he went with that because he, you know, get them while they're young, I guess. It's interesting. Do you see yourself as uh, Margaret and my 10-year-old daughter? Is that how you see yourself, Marissa? Let's unpack. That was the first thing that came to mind. That <laughs> I, I had to make it weird, but I'm just thinking, because you, you wouldn't get that for like someone's niece <laughs> or your, like, your 10-year-old cousin. Um, no. It'd be like, you know how you see on like Reddit or... It was stuff, you know, say Fox News, where they're like, my son loves Trump and he loves right. wearing a MAGA hat. And he wrote this letter to President Trump. And you're like, no, he didn't. Like, uh, that's all you. <laughs> and if he did, you, you, oh, God, you're a poor child. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really glad that I did add the 40th, though, because it did get Kevin to rant about getting old. Yeah, he, um, yeah, and his, like, face is just, like, right in the, the center of the video, just this, like, very close cropped, I'm just, like, this is not what I wanted to see. You sent it to me at, like, six in the morning on my day <laughs> off, is. and I opened it, and I was just, like, I am not awake enough for this, but it, it was a good, um, I, I sent it to a lot of people, so I, I think... <laughs> You know, despite giving him money, I feel like it's the gift that keeps on giving. I can show yeah. that to people. They laugh. It's our little, it's our little in joke. But um, yeah, that was the, that was the start of my weekend. The only, the only, the only thing I'll say is that, yeah, it's great. Except the part where I had to give Kevin Sorma money. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. that's, yeah. I mean, because that, that's the part that makes me feel like I'm soliciting a prostitute. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, whatever. I think was, I would be, I would feel better about paying for sex work. Cause it would be like honest, but this was just like, he's just like promoting his movies and his projects. Um, <laughs> which is why I do want to put the full two minutes just from start <laughs> to finish. So listeners can hear, hear this. I, I almost want to like censor over every one of his plugs. Though. I'm not gonna because that's too much fucking time. But, yeah, that's too much work. But um, yeah. but I'll, I'll put it in nevertheless, so other people can enjoy the uh, I, the fruits I of love, your labor. I love that he has so many movies with miracle in the title that he can't keep them straight. Yeah, <laughs> I I wonder if he just plays the evil atheist in all of them. But but um, yeah, it's it's worth a listen, even though it is two minutes of your life devoted to listening to something Kevin Sorbo says. <laughs> right. But we are not, we're not talking about Sorbo. Oh God. Um, we, we are talking about Billy Graham. Um, this book that you got from the garage sale, I, yes. when, when you, when you first suggested it, I was like, man, I know. I, w I want to do it because that picture on the back, which you have to show on social media. Yes. Uh, the picture on the back of Billy Graham 
looking like a fucking community theater Shakespearean actor. Yes, <laughs> he, yes. He's just like, um, but it's worth it's worth it's worth it. That's what I told myself. Reading this book, I feel like we can have some stuff to talk about. It's a fun little book. Yeah. Um, and- you know, admittedly, I did, you know, I did the thing I do when I, like, go to the store and buy wine. Like, has to be cheap, but I also want to see, like, does it have a cool little label? Um, right. This book, um, on the front, it's like, it's like the letters are gilded in gold outlines, but it says, angels, 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 God's secret agents. And every time I look at this book, like in my computer room, I just think of like girls, 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 but it's like Mm -hmm. angels, 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 like live nude angels. Um, And yeah, there is a great photo of him on the back, just like clutching an invisible tiny skull, like you said, in in a uh, (laughs) theater Shakespeare. And I will put this on social media because this is the reason I bought the book. He is just (laughs) fired up and, and I just had to pick. And I think, I think the guy charged me like maybe 25 cents for this. So um, another thing I found out that I was going to mention to you on the podcast um, while we're talking now is I looked this up on Amazon because I was like, Oh, like, you know, is this being sold somewhere? It is. I I was actually going to look for an ebook copy, but the one I got on Amazon, I have no idea if it's the correct listing. This is like the second edition of this book from like 1986. The only one right. being sold is for like $200 used. So I was like, ooh, Whoa. like maybe I can uh, sell this afterwards and get some money. So I, I tried to uh, keep my copy in good good condition. Nice. So I did I did purchase an ebook copy of this book um, for very, very little money. I yeah. also. I'm going to bet you have a newer edition. Uh, I think I have the 85 reprint. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, it's pretty similar, but I feel like this I book also, has been, been republished a lot of times. Uh, I have the 95 edition. Oh, I, no. I will say that I listened to the audiobook of the 86 version. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so I read it and I listened to it. The, it's a really quick listen. Um, it, it, it's much shorter than some of the other books. It is uh, narrated by Billy Graham. Ooh, nice. Um, which he's a better narrator than anybody else we've listened to. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean that that was his his job. And I mean right. the thing is too, like most of I mean we've like we haven't really read a Joel Osteen book, but. Right. Like this is like this is like back to basics. Like these are the roots of like televangelist stuff. Right. So now, now I'll tell you, I'm not as critical of Billy Graham uh, as a lot of the other people that we talk about, as far as like theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, he. One thing I'll say is that like, um, my dad, and like his generation. Uh, of Christians, of evangelicals. There's a number of them that, uh, not my dad specifically, that that thought Billy Graham was the Antichrist. And my dad will mention that all the time. Not in a way where he, like, th- thought that Billy Graham was the Antichrist, but that, like, you know, you know, people thought he could have been, right? Like... I mean, yeah, it fits, um, I suppose. Right, and... Uh, but, but, like, kind of the reason why people thought that was because... Uh, he was an ecumenist, right? He 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 didn't 
he thought everybody should worship together and that there shouldn't be any denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that offended denominations. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So like, uh, and, and I'm just saying Billy Graham theologically is not as weak as like Joel Osteen. I mean, he's yeah. still problematic in a lot of ways. Um, I think. I think. No, uh, I would agree with that. I, I think. And this is, I was, I was going to mention this as we moved along, but I think this is the only book we've read that I would say pretty much like almost every paragraph, every other paragraph actually uses biblical citations versus someone mm. like Joel Osteen where it's like, live your best life. Like it is now, actually citing scripture. Yeah. I, I, and this book does something that Billy Graham has been accused of a lot, which is uh, picking and choosing which translation he wants to use for, for to make <laughs> a specific point. Cause he'll yeah. use the, the RSV and then he'll switch to the NIV. And, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if there's anything wrong with comparing translations. He I, actually I, used, he actually, I, so I noticed this too in the, um, on like the copyright page. So he yeah. uses, um, so it says otherwise, um, unless otherwise indicated, all biblical quotations are taken from the King, King James version, but then he also uses the RSV, the revised standard version, right. the NIV, new international version, the TLV, right. the living Bible, as well as the NASB, the new American standard Bible. So he, yeah, that no, is, um, no. very I, I, confusing. And, I, and I'll say that, that that's there's nothing wrong with 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 doing that. It's just the way that it it is often done in this book, and what he's criticized for doing is that he's not like comparing translations. Um, you know, he's not trans- comparing the same passage in different translations. He's making a point about one passage in a translation that he likes that passage in. And then later he's doing a new passage in a different translation that he likes better for that uh, yeah. translation. So he's not comparing translations. He's He really is just kind of picking and choosing the words he likes to make the point he's trying to make. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's definitely some verses, depending on the translation, where right. some you'll read and you're like, yeah, I think it, I kind of think that's kind of vague. And then it's like, you know, I, I don't. I never cared for that because then it just kind of shows the the fallibility of translating yeah. and you know that right. kind of loss of the meaning. Well, really, I think just just looking into it for the context of this book, uh, he's definitely picking translations that are describing angels uh, the most literally. So, mm-hmm. like, whatever translation. Is, is is really making it feel like a concrete angel and not like a figurative angel, that's yeah. the translation he's going to use. Um, because that's the point he's trying to make. Um, which, I mean, you do you, Billy, but it's not necessarily <laughs> good theology. Uh, Billy Graham, though, you got to say, without criticizing him, he is he is the most influential spiritual leader of the 20th century. I was just going mean, to say, he was the influencer before, before it was he, cool. He, re- he really was. He really was. I mean, um, the, the, the Crusades 
that he put on not not the original Crusades, but the the Billy Graham Crusades, mm-hmm. probably represents the biggest conversion internationally. I mean, in a long time, <laughs> like I yeah, mean, yeah. He, as far as I mean. I think everyone kind of knows who who he is and kind of this right. sort of I mean he started he started, you know, even like kind of when you know radio and TV like that that was, you know, something he started doing and then I mean he he just even it's crazy to think he, you know, he was almost 100 years old when he died. So for the majority of basically the, you know, 20th century like and then he has like all that political influence too. And, and we'll talk about that because he mentions it in the book where he's like, when I was like talking to this Senator, right. it's like, okay, like, yeah, this, uh, this guy had a lot of reach. And I mean, I think, I think, and when you think about like controversies, he has some, but he's definitely less controversial than a lot of the other guys we talk about. I think, um, you know, his biggest controversy for me probably are the Nixon tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know how, how familiar you are, but like, he says some pretty anti-Semitic shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean I, I'm mean, i familiar with it because you can just go to his Wikipedia page and there's a yeah. section on controversial views. <laughs> right. um, and there's, there's several of them. When, and so, and well, I mean, you know, it's kind of the stuff you might, you might guess. Right. What, What's that? What, 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 so what else does his Wikipedia page say? I'm curious. For What's controversial that? views. Yeah, for controversy. Do you have it open? Uh, views on women and feminism. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because didn't he, um, I'm trying to think. Didn't he tell his daughters that they couldn't go to school or something? Yeah, higher ed. So it's higher basically ed. Okay, yeah. like you're going to be a wife, a homemaker, a mother, and his daughter wanted to go yeah. to nursing school, and he said no. Right, and I he definitely has like um, he has some weird views. Uh, at least the progression of his views are weird as far as like homosexuality. I think. Yeah, that's that's also another one of the controversial views. It, yeah, I would think so because like. I think he said that like HIV was a punishment from God or that it could have been a punishment from God or something like that. Yes. So in 1993, he said that he thought AIDS might be a quote judgment from God. But two weeks later, he retracted the remark saying, I don't believe that. And I don't know why I said it. Oh, he I, retra- I did. I did not know he retracted that. I, 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 I mean, you can't really so retract something that. you said that's like pretty, yeah. you know, <laughs> even out of context. It's like, yeah, you said. I, I feel like that's like the the old timey version of like I was on Ambien when I was on Twitter, and I don't actually think that. I mean, I I don't know though, because like I remember preachers, you know, unapologetically saying shit like that on TV in the early nineties. That that was not oh, like yeah. an uncommon thing so it it is kind of interesting to me that billy graham would retract that i don't know yeah it, and not really like a good defense versus just like i don't know i, I don't yeah. do that but it's like no right. I, I mean i bet you do but it's just not good pr yeah he definitely doesn't like it or didn't like gay people though i mean but that's that's such a common thing that it's not even worth talking about we're just gonna waste our time talking about how every uh Christian 
uh, writer we talk about hates gay people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, uh, and his views his views are not controversial enough on the topic that it makes me interested no. at all. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not yeah. trying to dismiss Billy Graham. I'm not a Billy Graham apologist. I disagree with a lot of the shit <laughs> that Billy Graham says. Um, a lot of it, especially in this book, which is fucking wackadoodle. Um, <laughs> but, but I don't know. I just, I was bored thinking about Billy Graham. Franklin Graham, his son. Now that's a dude that's a fucking criminal. Yeah, maybe we can do something on him in a in a later <laughs> show. Does he have any like Christian books though, or is he just like? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Um, so let's get into this book. Are you ready yes. to do this? Yes. Let's just call it Angels Times Four. Um, I, I I think that is just called Angels, right? In most, friends. I think it is too. I don't I don't understand why the cover has it multiple times. Um, they they want to drive it home. You know? They want to drive it home, and then um, the uh, the subtitle is a. Uh, God's secret agents. So angels are God's secret agents as well. I really love that. That is the best subtitle that we've had. I mean, it really is. It's just like it made me start thinking about like doing a like a screenplay about it because right, Uh you know, there's no like angels in the outfield, but like the angels are the secret service. Yeah, honestly, though, like you're 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 in a literal elevator with steven spielberg with george lucas in the 80s and you ha- you want to pitch your idea you go angels god's secret agents and I that's mean, the pitch and that's the pitch I, that's, I could fly now that's gonna it's gonna have to be like a uh, it's gonna have to be a, a sorbo family studio film <laughs> it's past um, it's past the age of where you could do like angels in the outfield and now it's just delegated to like a Kirk Cameron movie. Oh, Kirk Cameron. Oh, Kirk Cameron's going to be the angel. Ooh, I don't know though. I want a hot angel, like like a hunky mm. angel. No, there's no Sorbo. Not Sorbo. Oh, what about Sorbo's kid? There's your angel. All right. No. Um. So this book, though. I'm I'm gonna say that like if you think that there is any way that Billy Graham could think of angels in a non-literal sense, you are wrong. Yeah, um, this book was trippy. <laughs> I mean, this I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to clown on anybody's beliefs. If you believe in angels, that's cool. But still even from that worldview, I think this book is fucking weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's like it's like if somebody watched uh like the sci-fi network <laughs> from like nine AM to six PM on a Thursday <laughs> and then was just like angels did all that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like it's like ghosts are angels, aliens are angels. It was I mean, it was pretty much like one of those episodes of like Beyond Belief Factor Fiction where it was like there was a doctor and he woke up, someone knocked on his door, and there's this little girl, 
And then he said he was, you know, her mom was sick. So he went to found, find the mom and the mom was like, my daughter died a month ago. And it was like angels. And it's like, no, it's just sounds like you just had a dream that, you know, yeah, this, the first chapter is just like all these settings were like angels basically intervened and saved people. Right. Um, I, I love I love him dropping Reader's Digest like it's a serious publication, you know. That is so that is so funny because even today while I was watching something <laughs> completely different, um, they referred to I don't even remember what denomination it was, but it referred it referred to Reader's uh, Reader's Digest as their Bible, and it's so true. Um, my favorite one was the the opening of this chapter. Our angels. Are angels God's secret agents? And he was talking about, um, I didn't know this. Um, so his wife was born and raised in China. His do- his his wife is is American, but was right. born and raised in China. And right. basically had this, um, they were kind of talking about this, this lady that she had, been I guess just watching like just going up the hills to cut grass and she had her baby tied on her back and um you know I is this this might be where you're going so go ahead I don't want to steal your thunder well it was just it this they told this whole story in like two paragraphs when I say they I mean program but um it was basically like um a missionary had come you know a year or so earlier and said like you know, when, when, like, you're in trouble, like, you know, look upon Jesus. And so this lady's going up a hill with her baby, and they, she hears a roar, and there's a tiger. And the book says, as the claws of the tigress tore her arm and shoulder, the woman cried out in a frenzy, oh, Jesus, help me. The ferocious beast, instead of attacking again to get an easy meal, meal suddenly turned and ran away. And I was just like, Wow. Oh, that's cool. When you're getting attacked by a tiger and it, it sounds like it did some <laughs> pretty intense damage on your arm and shoulder, you can just be like, Jesus, and then it'll stop attacking you. Oh, I don't know. I don't really know. This is the opening story of the book. Right. I don't, he like doesn't even, like Billy Graham says, had God sent an angel to help this poor, ignorant Chinese woman? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> right. So, like, uh, that's what I was going to say is that there's a part where uh, he describes her as this illiterate Chinese mother and uh, he, <laughs> he, when he reads that in the audiobook oh, the way the way he says it I'm not it makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck how racist it sounds. I mean, he's like, this illiterate Chinese mother had never attended school or entered a church. It's just like, wow, bro. Um, I mean, my major qualm was like, this lady called for Jesus. Right. But then he's saying that an angel had been sent. And it's like, right. well, you know, you're getting you're getting into stuff here where, you know, Jesus is just the genie you can call upon when you're being attacked, but his angels are going to come help you. And yeah, this is just the start of this, as you said, wackadoodle book. Right. <laughs> where 
he kind of explains all the rules for angels. Like, this is what they can do. This is what they can't do. And I'm just like, where are you getting this from? I know. That's the thing is that for somebody who cites a lot of scriptures, when he's talking about how angels can act and and the rules uh, around it, he's pretty weak on his scriptural proof. He's made up this weird, like, whole canon about, like, angels and their background like i mean yes scripture has angels but he's like saying all this stuff like about what they can do like their limits and um you know kind of all their stats and where they can intervene and it's like okay um okay this uh this book is so much about the satanic panic yeah so um this book after he talks about like he talks about like a few different scenarios where it's like, Oh, this happened. And then this unexplained thing happened and it must've been angels. Um, like there's one from world war two with, um, with pilots that are flying over the ocean and I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to correct. I don't want to, I don't want to correct you, Marissa, but it's world war. Yes. Please correct me. What? It's world war one. It's Eddie Rickenbacker. He's an ace. He says world war two. And I have the book right in front of me. Do you? Then isn't there any Eddie Rickenbacker story World War One? Are you thinking of a different story? Am I thinking of a different story? It is. I don't really fucking care. What? Maybe it's World War Two. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. I I think I think you were failed by your your education in school. I'm gonna tell you. I didn't even learn about World War Two in school. So hold on, this this might come as a surprise, but I am stoned right now. So I just. I just incorrectly mansplained to Marissa, and I apologize. I know. I mean, this book about <laughs> angels, um, it jumps right from stories about angels rescuing pilots in world wars to the current cult of the demonic. And this this book is from my editions from from 86. You said you're, um, you have the, the audio book from 86 too, but this is the, this is the part of the chapter where he goes down how basically any bookstore, newsstand, university library is packed with books on the devil, Satan worship, and demonic possession. All the films, the TV right. programs, pop songs, um, got a name drop for Rolling Stones and Sympathy of the, Sympathy for the Devil. I, I want to I wanna stop for a second, though, because I want to say that I was correct. My mansplaining is correct. And Billy Graham was incorrect, and they didn't catch it in any of wow. the revisions that we have. So I double checked, and Eddie Rickenbacker is a Medal of Honor winner from World War One. Yeah, he I was the World War One <laughs> in the actual book, right? Um, which I want to say, Marissa, I am sorry that I corrected you. It is Billy Graham who fucked up. Yeah, no, no, go for it. I'm just reading from the book. I um, I had trusted Billy Graham to uh, do his research, but um, yeah. So within the first twenty pages of the book, there's already a glaring historical error. So we're just that that'll kind of uh, that'll kind of set the tone for the rest of this book. Uh, I really liked uh, the section, and it's super early in the book. We're not even like ten pages in right now, but like. The unidentified flying objects, just the amount of de- detail he goes into to justify that you're not seeing aliens, you're seeing angels. Yeah. Um, 
it just he like the uh the story about Japan. Mm-hmm. So on January 15th, 1975, a squadron of UFO-like objects resembling a celestial string of pearls soared silently through the evening skies over half the length of Japan. I mean, that's some really poetic language that who says? Who says it looked like a celestial string of pearls? It's not in quotations. He doesn't cite a source. It's like you weren't there. It sounds like you're using language to make them sound like angels. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I just, it, I liked how he just threw in all the satanic stuff where he was saying, some years ago in a medium-sized metropolitan area, I turned, I turned out of curiosity to the entertainment pages of the local newspaper and studied them carefully. I was unprepared for the shock I received as I read the descriptions of the themes and content of the feature motion pictures being shown in theaters in that area. They focused on sadism, murder, demon possession, and demonism, Mm -hmm. devil worship, and horror, not to mention those that depicted erotic sex. It seemed that each advertisement tried to outdo the others in the degree of shock, horror, and mind-bending emotional devastation. The picture hasn't changed. If anything, the movies are even worse today. You know, boomers just eat that thinking up. Well, it's weird too because I feel like nowadays everyone's like, "Oh, it was so much better nowadays." I'm like, "No, there are some, there are some fucked up movies out there. I have seen some of them. Um, there's fucked up movies now, but this is not a new development." Right. It's like, um, but you know, when when this original book was written. We're talking about like a real hysteria about mm-hmm. Satan and demons and all of that, and I mean, it's just, he's just playing into that culture, you know. He's just whether whether Billy Graham actually believes this stuff or not. I mean, that's the trend at the time that he's writing this book, and yeah. this book this book was insanely popular. It sold a million copies in the first three months of its original publication. Dang. So this is one of this was one of the best selling Christian books of all time when it was released, and I think it's still one of the top ones. So Dang. when you when you when you really think about like that's who Billy Graham kind of is, and that's why you when you look at his homosexuality position and how he does change and keep it silent at times. Um like I think in '97, I think I just read. Uh, he said that he was starting to see it as just another sin. It seems like when society changes their opinions, mm-hmm. Billy Graham did too, not the other way around. Um, which is different than I think, like a Jerry Falwell or a Pat Robertson. Um, totally. And <laughs> so, like. I think I think that, that the point that I'm making is that like this is really on brand for that period of time. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the the kind of shit that those new evangelicals in the 70s were like, yeah, demons are real and it's scary as hell and Billy Graham's like, well angels are real too, so you don't have to worry too much. And that's what this kind of feels like is 
is maybe not even, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but it almost seems like he's saying, uh, don't worry about demons as much because you yeah. got angels. They'll duke it out. And right. then the winners are going to be. And if, and if, and if I'm right and Billy Graham is more of the position of like, I don't, I don't know if they're real or not, but like people think demons are real. So they'll be comforted to, to, to think about angels. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Maybe he really does believe this wackadoodle stuff. It's just, it's so hard <laughs> to believe because some of the stuff he says in this book is really crazy and we haven't even really gotten into it. No. Um, so chapter number two, the title of chapter number two, I'm going to let you talk because I've been talking a bunch and I'm sorry about that. Uh, but the chapter the title of chapter two reminded me so much of, of Burpo. Burpo, yep. yeah. So this uh, <laughs> this chapter is entitled Angels Are For Real because just like heaven is for real, angels are for real. Um, right. Yeah, we learned uh, heaven is real by Colton Burpo. He told us about uh, heaven being for real. Um, this is a chapter that like he basically says, I, I took a bunch of notes just in my, my crazy scrawling handwriting, but Basically, this is where we get like the ground rules for for angels. Um, Basically, what they have to do, they're basically God's um, Uber drivers. (laughs) That is such a great, that is such a great description, a great summary. God gets all the credit, but they do all the work. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is, really. Um, It's, it's, I mean, yeah, like you nailed it. I um, think <laughs> the part I liked was uh, don't believe everything you hear and read about angels. So apparently, just just don't even take, don't even give any credit to this book. Um, I mean, isn't, so- <laughs> isn't that what he's saying? That's literally what I thought too. Is that yeah? Isn't he saying don't actually take this seriously? Some uh, some would have us believe that they are only spiritual will-o'-the-wisps. Some view them as only celestial beings with beautiful wings and bowed heads. Others would have us think of them as effeminate weirdos. And I have in my notes, effeminate weirdos underlined. I know. Uh, oh my God, such a great line. Uh. <laughs> never been, never heard any, any preacher or pastor in my lifetime refer to angels as that. But I'm like, that's Billy Graham for you. But he's saying that that's not what they are. Let's be clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what uh, that's what bros call angels. <laughs> Feminine weirdos. Feminine weirdo. Um, I don't. I mean, it. You nailed it with the Uber driver thing. That's just basically what this, what he's describing is. He's he's describing this relationship between God and angels where angels do what God wants them to do mm-hmm. and, and and God gets the credit and we don't really talk about the angels. And he does too. He stresses in this chapter that like angels are not the Holy spirit. Like, because right. you know, if you believe in the Trinity, that that is God. Angels are not the Holy Spirit. They're not on the same level. Um, right. Two two different um, entities. Um, but uh, but yeah, basically, he's you know goes on to say that different religions and different you know 
cultural background, the ancient Egyptians, um, Islamic scholars have proposed that at least two angels are assigned to each person. One records good deeds and the other bad, but then he ends that paragraph with, but no matter what the tradition, our frame of reference must be the scripture. So he's like, right. yeah, these are like different sin beliefs, but um, yeah, we're, we're looking at the Bible now. So right, um, and that's, that's the kind of thing that Billy Graham got a lot of flack for was in the evangelical community was doing stuff like that, drawing from other traditions um, to make his points. Um, but I he, I think he did a pretty good job, like you said, stepping back and, and, and giving credit to, to the scriptures. Yeah, he, uh, he even says, like, what you need to expect from angels. So angels speak. They appear and reappear. They are emotional creatures. <laughs> Not just effeminate weirdos. That was my little my little side note. While angels may become visible by choice, our eyes are not constructed to see them ordinarily any more than we can see the dimensions of a nuclear field, the structure of atoms, or the electricity that flows through copper wiring. Our ability to sense reality is limited. The deer of the forest far surpass our human capacity and their keenness of smell. Bats possess a phenomenally sensitive built-in radar system. Um, so basically he's like, so like, why do you think it's weird that men can't see angels? Like, we're not a fucking bat. <laughs> um, so wait. I think, I think those skills should be on entirely different levels. It's like, okay, just if we could smell way better doesn't mean we could see angels. So... He doesn't, you know, directly talk about this, but I'm sure you've heard like people say that like dogs can see angels. No, I haven't heard that. Oh, you've never heard that? Yeah. No. Yeah. They have like extra sensory perception or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, so like, <laughs> there's there's some weird shit out there about the relationship between God and dogs. Uh, like I think I sent you before a Methodist song. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Um, what was that song called again? It, I I think it is like it's like Dog is God or God is Dog. Yeah, it's yeah. like that singer songwriter lady on YouTube. But like, it's not just it's not just that one lady. Like this is there there are people who do believe that there's like a connection between God and dogs. Um, but but not other pets. <laughs> your, your cats can see angels. I just my cat is pretty much Satan. So. <laughs> I mean, um, your cat's awesome with her one eyeball. Yeah, not a lot of people like my cat, so I'll I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Mar Marissa's uh, got another cat though, because she's the kind of person that takes care of her ex boyfriend's cat. <laughs> <laughs> I love all animals. I know you do. You're a you're a sweet human being. Oh. Um, unlike Kevin Sorbo, who and 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 Mike Huckabee, who would both uh tell you that they love animals too when they're like deep fried. <laughs> um Billy Graham though. It's hard to even like Put into I mean, words. Let's, 
the the next chapter we're going into chapter three the next chapter is called angels visible or invisible i know there's I a know. whole chapter devoted I to know. this question i know and it's just like i'm thinking uh hold on a second marissa okay thank you i, I gotta Sorry, Margaret came in. Uh, sorry. Here we go. All right, what were we saying? Um, are angels visible or invisible? Oh, uh, they're 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 kind of both, right? Isn't that isn't that the the overwhelming thing? Is that they're they're mostly invisible, right? I mean, he starts the second paragraph that says. I've already said that angels are created spirit beings who can become visible when necessary. Right. And it's like, yeah. so you just answer your question, dude. I know. It, it really, it really does feel like when he, when he asks a question, the answer is either just assumed in the question mm-hmm. or, or it's one of those things where it's like, well, both things are true. You know, yeah. like, um, just don't ask a question, dude. Make your fucking point. I mean, the one, the one note I had in this chapter. I mean, and this—that's the thing too—is he has these chapters, but they're like less than ten pages long. Um, right. And and they don't necessarily stick to one theme. No, no. So 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 like he'll start a chapter like this chapter is about invisibility and visibility. Which is a, like whether or not angels are visible or invisible. That's the premise of the book. That's the title of, or the chapter. That's the title of the chapter. Um, but then he goes on to give you advice of what you should do if you see an angel, which is a different <laughs> subject. I mean, you know what I mean? That would be a different chapter. But, I don't um, know. I mean, what, he... is his, what is his advice for when you see an angel? Well, when you see an angel, um, they're apparently very beautiful. Um, they're exotic. They're exotic. (laughs) So hold on for a second, Russell. Hold on for a second. So he says they are beautiful. They're exotic. Um, scriptures don't tell us what elements make them up. It also says, um, Billy Graham is quick to point out the Bible also teaches that angels are sexless. Jesus said that in heaven, men neither marry nor are given in marriage, but all are as angels in heaven. This may indicate that angels enjoy relationships that are far more thrilling and exciting than sex. The joy of sex in this life may only be a foretaste of something that believers will enjoy in heaven, which is far beyond anything man has ever known. So, you know, if you see an angel and they're really hot, don't fuck them. I mean, you can't fuck them, right? Like, it's impossible. So, like, when he said sexless, I was assuming, like, like he's using that. He's using the, the word sex interchangeable with gender. But we know, so, you know. So, you're saying, you're saying when you read this, he's saying that angels are androgynous. Yeah, but I know that's right. not necessarily true because of, as we go on, you know, there are specifically named angels. Um, but, yes, right. I, I took that more as... 
they're just really hot and driving as people. And... See, see I, I gotta say that's not how I read that. Because just because the well, I mean, as he goes on to to describe it, you're like, oh, he's talking about like like sexual intercourse, right? That's what it's what he's talking about, right? Like he's like he doesn't say Jesus said that in heaven, uh, men are neither man or or, or, or woman. He says, yeah, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So like he's saying that when we go to heaven, we're not gonna fuck. It says Mary. I mean, you don't have to. But, but, yeah, yeah, that's what Matthew says. That's what the book of Matthew says. But Billy Graham says that uh, angels enjoy relationships that are far more thrilling and exciting than sex. They don't have sex. They do shit better than sex. They got so. weird other kinks. So. It's probably like in Demolition Man. Yeah. What Have you seen that movie? Yes, with the um, it's like the, the VR headset for yeah. Sex. So, so that's like that's what angels do. They have VR sex and seashells in the bathroom. <laughs> yep, seashells in the bathroom. Um, I've had like three conversations about that movie this week. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you see so, on Taco Bell too. So, <sighs> angels are beautiful but what do you do when you see one you can't have sex with it <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's he, he, he still in, in answering this question and they don't to... so they don't age and he says the never uh the bible never says that that one was sick so they are covid is their time to shine they are just immune they're beautiful but they can't have they're um they're asexual beautiful creatures right i guess i guess my problem though is that like this is under the section what do you do when you see an angel but nowhere in this section does he tell you what to do he just he doesn't he just tells you what not to do he's like don't 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 try to have sex with it yeah so the angel angel put you in the friend zone (laughs) Apparently Billy Graham's like, look, these angels are going to be fucking hot, but you can't fuck them. You can't, you, that's the most important thing you got to know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was so the, that, the, the most in-depth paragraph was like, don't do it. Don't do it. They're going to have a like Barbie and Ken style genitalia. They're just going to have <laughs> nothing there. So don't, don't do anything. So, so the next chapter angels, how they differ from man, which I feel like has been what he's been talking about for the first three chapters of this book. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, scraping. Um, it's like, no duh, they're different than man, but uh, tell us, tell us all the ways. I like I like uh, when he he's like Jesus did stoop when he became man. It, it, it makes it sound like he's slumming it. <laughs> like, yeah, <you know? laughs> he kind of. <laughs> he, he's a rich kid hanging up hanging with poor kids. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like a like cultural he get, tourist. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. He's like one of those kids. I remember last time I went to Portland, they're like definitely like trust fund kids. And they're like, I'm just going to live on the streets for a few years. But if it gets really rough, like I'm just going to go back to mom and dad. That's, <laughs> that's how Billy Graham describes Jesus in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> which which is, is terrible. But that's not me, guys. That's, that's Billy Graham. Um, and you, I, I have to say, I'm just going to bring it up again. He, and this is for the second time, if not, it's probably going to pop up more, but he, st- he starts the paragraph. One of the paragraphs in this chapter, I have already said angels don't marry. Like he's trying, he's, he's, he does another section again that says angels do not marry or procreate. <laughs> you can't fuck them guys. You really can't. You can't even finger bang them. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, this just goes on to say like, it's, it's like when you're playing a video game and you're, you're learning about like the different classes of, of, you know, different races, like, Oh, this is an elf and they live for a long time and they're mean. <laughs> and then this is like an orc, but like, it's like, okay, angels are right. really smart. They're really beautiful. Um, they're not, they, I mean, they're not like man that, I mean, there are, they're like, they're just saved by default. Um, yeah. They, <laughs> it, it, there's a whole section on, do they sing? <laughs> do they, do they sing? They do. They totally do. So he he goes back and forth that there has been much conjecture about angel choirs. <laughs> this is a huge uh, this is a huge philosophical dividing point. Some of the Bible <laughs> students insist that angels don't sing. Um, he personally believes that angels have the capacity to employ heavenly celestial music. Um, many dying believers have testified that they hear the music of heaven. Most of my close friends tease me because I cannot tarry, carry a tune. Uh, and then he goes into him talking about um, he's trying to appreciate music. He didn't like like rock music. Um, I mean, I, I like the idea of like, it's not when you say like choir and singing, it's not physically comparable to anything that exists on earth. Like, right. Um, they're no Adele, if you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> they're going to be their own separate thing. So, like, when somebody says you have the voice of an angel, that's not necessarily a it's good not, thing. It's basically saying it's not even comprehensible. Like, it's just so <laughs> out there that I cannot comprehend it. So, yeah. So, like, uh, Louis Armstrong scatting that is what an angel that, sounds like when they sing. That is, that's, that's going to be what heaven is like. <laughs> just everybody's just like, I'm not even, I was about to scat, but that would have been terrible. So we're not mm. going to do that. I chose not yeah. to. I chose Good not pivot. to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, this does feel like a lot of world building. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, he, he's, I think I think what's was an interesting thing that you see a lot with people like Billy Graham is the hold this opinion this uh, this assertion that they will never step back on 
that God is all-knowing and all-powerful. But he has to follow rules. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he can't lie. That's a big one. That's the Christians believe God is incapable of lying. Right? Um, And a lot of of this chapter feels like that, too. Is that, like, um, angels can't do this. Angels can do this. It's Mm -hmm. like... If 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 you really believe that God is all powerful, then angels can do whatever the fuck God says they can do. Yeah, I mean that would be the end of that conversation. Um, which is pretty, which is pretty amusing considering the the chapter after this is about angelic organization, which is essentially exactly. the hierarchy of angels. I know, I know, like fucking. I want to be a middle management angel. Yeah. Um, he 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 uh, he does mention the, the different like types of angels and stuff that appear in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the my, specifically my, named ones. My my favorite, by the way, uh, is the seraphim, because when the seraphim appear in the Bible. Uh, they always they have like these like feathers and, and like wings on their uh, feet and their hands, and they use them to cover yeah. their genitalia. And it's just such a fucking acid trip. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he goes in depth into Gabriel. Yeah, kind of just like just talks about Michael a little bit, Michael the Archangel. Um, right. But yeah, definitely Gabriel's like like the head honcho angel aside from Gabriel. He's mentioned, right. um, basically did a lot of uh, contract work consulting for God. Right. Uh, kind of a brown noser probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's how you think of Gabriel, is that he's just like a suck-up? Yeah, he gets all the gigs, um, just because so, he never so, disagrees with God. So something that I was thinking about when I was reading this is that the archangel seems like Jim, and Gabriel seems like <laughs> Dwight. Uh, I guess we're going to go to office references. No, that's, I'm, just uh, saying, I'm just saying that's how it felt. It felt like, you know, Gabriel was the assistant to the regional god. Um, that was terrible um but after dwight the angel you got the seraphim who are fucking metal yeah those are the ones that probably probably people are trying to fluff a lot right um then he gets into some lesser uh, angels like the cherubs right the cherubim. Yeah, cherubim. Um, which Ezekiel describes them as not only having wings and hands, but being, quote, full of eyes and encompassed by wheels within wheels. And I remember reading this as a kid, and it was terrifying. It's terrifying. It's like some Monsters, Inc. type shit. <laughs> it's like some weird, like, Resident Evil shit monster that just has these all these different blinking eyes, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> um, I think 
Chapter 6 is my favorite chapter of this book. The Lucifer and the Angelic Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really does, like, read like it's from, like, a war novel. Totally. <laughs> it's just like, what's the history of this? Um, right. I mean, in the earlier chapters, he's saying, like, oh, go into any bookstore, and there's all these books on, like, Satanism. Like, um, because they're kind of portrayed as the really cool guys, like... <laughs> They don't give um, a shit. I, <laughs> I like Lucifer's five I wills. Yes. Uh, it's probably because <laughs> he probably had that like posted next to his bathroom mirror, like um, his <laughs> goals for the day. Um, so the uh, as um, as quoted from Isaiah fourteen, the um, the I wills, his little affirmation statements, if you will, for the morning. Um, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt, exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Um, so yeah, he just gave himself a pep talk every morning and it's like, ugh, I'm going to do that today. <laughs> and, and then Billy Graham goes on to talk about how the problem is that Lucifer wants to be a dom and not a sub. <laughs> and uh right like isn't that what he said like that's the that's the whole thing is he that... does say that that lucifer did want to be the hitler of the entire universe so right. the hitler he's a, the caesar the napoleon the hitler of the entire universe um usually those three aren't really put into the same uh in the same sentence is but you know <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> Andrew Jackson is closer to Hitler than, like, Napoleon. I'm not saying Napoleon was a cool dude. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, man. I mean, this, this <laughs> chapter basically really hits home the kind of the spiritual battlefield um, you know, heavenly warfare, taking up arms, and um, so, so satanic intrigue. <laughs> really quick, though, there is one other thing I wanted to say about the I wills. Is that sure. when I was reading this, no shit, I was thinking, man, that almost sounds like it could be what Joel Osteen says when he holds up. Right, uh, it's very like, <laughs> motivational speaker. It's like, it's like, like He's like, uh, put your Bibles in the air. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. God bless you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about Joel Osteen. <laughs> we're... We're talking about Talk Billy Graham. Well, this this chapter is about Lucifer because he is um, <laughs> he is a fallen angel. Um, right. I, I I I did like how it was noted that he was like you know the devil is not on par with God when we talk about God versus Satan. Right. Like no, he is a fallen angel. He is one of these beings that God created. He is not right. on par with God as far as you know. If we're talking about the angelic organization the hierarchy of of these 
Yeah, I mean, he basically describes Lucifer as a guy who, like, sucker punches God and runs away. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, um... He, he definitely he definitely belittles Satan a lot in this chapter. I mean, that's, um, that's what you're supposed to do, wrestle. You're not supposed to be like, oh man, he's so cool. <laughs> he like rebelled against his dad and like has all the good music and you know all the cool black clothes. <laughs> he just wants to be an individual. God. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Lucifer definitely is like an emo goth kid in this chapter. Um, but angels are messengers of God, and that is the title of chapter seven. Yeah, this is uh, he kind of he kind of talks he he references back to to scripture, especially like the old Testament, he starts off with Daniel and um, where the angel came to Daniel and a vision. And that's always the interesting thing is he, I mean, there's, there's very strong descriptors of, you know, what angels do, whether it's in like a dream or a vision or someone's in peril and an angel comes. Um, But then it's like, when you try to talk about that in modern day stuff, you know, whether it's right. World War One, World War Two, um, he just relays them as like UFO stories or just like this this was happening and and it turned out all right, so it was an angel. Right. I just don't think there's great documentation of that. No, not at all. I think you know. I, I I think we can accept things historically as being miraculous and like angelic intervention. Um because at the time we had a limited understanding and limited language to describe our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um and so we can accept that when someone in the past says they saw an angel, that something happened that was you know powerful and unexpected we can acknowledge that there's like um something historical about that right uh but like when somebody today with you know the language that we have and the understanding of the world that we have um, says that they saw an angel and the angel goes on into like some long diatribe of shit to do. That person's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> I think, I think even Billy Graham has to accept that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, well, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. So, I mean, this is a chapter where he talks about um, he was conversing with uh, Henry Kissinger <laughs> um, <laughs> on one of his. He he said, um, 
on on the eve of one of his his missions abroad during the Ford administration, Secretary of State uh, Secretary of State Kissinger briefed me on some of the staggering problems facing the world. I told him I believed the world was experiencing an unseen spiritual war in which the powers of darkness were attacking the forces of God. Um, the story just kind of trails off from there. Um, I would really want to know where that conversation went. Um, but ba- right. basically, this, he he's like, and, and he also mentions another one where he's talking to a um, to um, a prior Secretary of State, and basically, like, there's like supernatural forces at work. But I want to know where these conversations went. If they're right. like, oh yeah, like Billy, <laughs> like. I'm glad yeah. we have you on board for this uh, spiritual consulting for the Middle East war. <laughs> you've uh, you've kind of touched on this and hinted at this. I want to just explicitly say that Billy Graham is a name dropper. He, you know, I think he's pretty proud of his level of influence and that, you know, exudes in his writing. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, the way he describes some of these conversations, I've heard homeless people tell me that they've had conversations with people like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, I I, uh, I gave spiritual advice to the Secretary of Defense. I mean, <laughs> Billy Graham, they, they probably just went, uh-huh, okay, yep. And I know that... Yeah, there are bad things happening, buddy. Right. But now... The reality, though, is that Billy Graham really is influential, and every president in his lifetime has said that, that that they have listened to him and taken his advice. Um, but it's just crazy how often he just drops these little stories and doesn't doesn't expound on them at all. Just just says, you know, I was talking to them about this, and and I said this. Moving on, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I want to know those stories. You want to, yeah. <laughs> you you want a book written by the the people who are the other side of those conversations? Exactly, because I mean, uh, this is a book about angels, and it's like, okay, yeah, spiritual warfare. Like, okay, because he's definitely using his political connections to make it seem like the government has some kind of knowledge of of angels. Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. without without explicitly saying that, it, it it just seems like he's like, you know, I had these conversations with high up members of the federal government, and they were receptive to what I was saying, and they alluded to these things, and it's just like, so you're trying to tell us that we got an angel locked in a storage crate next to I the mean... Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Area 51 is about angels, man. <laughs> um Could you could you trap an angel? Do you think that's something that you could do based off of Billy Graham's? I mean, maybe like a Ghostbuster style trap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what that's Angel Busters starring Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would uh, that would probably exist. But they, I mean, what do you want? What do you want to capture them for? Um, well, if you have, if, you, if you're, if you aren't a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're satanic, 
you might you might want to capture it and and the, angel. the 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 only other choice besides Christian isn't satanic. <laughs> well, that's not true because Billy Graham kind of well. I mean, he does acknowledge that that you know there are other religions, but um, <laughs> they're also satanic though. They are satanic. I mean, there is one true path. Um, actually, that's. That's not actually what Billy Graham believes. Billy Graham has an inclusive theology. Billy Graham does or did believe that you could be born a Muslim and get saved. Um, I just I, I do want to say that I don't want to disparage him for something that isn't true. Um, but he would tell you that a Satanist would have an interest in capturing an angel, I would think. <laughs> um, because I mean, like yeah. they'd want to, rem- they would, they would, would want to like have a POW in this spiritual war. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think if this is going to be better as a movie or a video game. <laughs> that would be a pretty fucking sick video game. Oh. But, like, kind of not trying to do the Pokemon angle of, like, capturing them. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still, I'm still thinking on it. Give, give that some uh, some more thought. Listeners, if you have any ideas about uh, what we can do about capturing angels as, as far as, like, a creative medium. <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, a graphic novel. Um, okay, okay. M- maybe a series of toys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's workshop Funko, this as, fun, as religious Funko Pop. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, that these are the kind of ideas that we need here. Um, so I really like Chapter Nine. If you're ready to get to Chapter Nine, because I <laughs> angels, am. angels, God's agents in judgment, and this is where Billy Graham gets a little dark. Yeah, this is the one where um, where I made a specific note that he said, um, un- unknown to men, they, meaning angels, have undoubtedly in the past helped destroy evil systems like Nazism because those governments came to the place where God could no longer withhold his hand. These same angels will, will carry out fearful judgments in the future, some of which the book of Revelation vividly describes. And I was just like, dude, angels brought down Hitler? Like, this is also maybe another uh, creative thing we should explore in in film or a video game. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. The Nazis would try to capture an angel. That That's oh, totally. the group of people. That's the group of that? people. Hitler... I- Hitler sh- Trying to to harvest the 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 energy of an angel to create a super weapon. There you go. You know what? That that <laughs> would have been a good Indiana Jones plot, except you oh, had to go dude. with the crystal skulls. You know, I mean, this would have been much better. This would have been much better. I think Billy Graham's onto some shit. Um, We're gonna totally uh, take this idea and not give him credit for it. <laughs> Instead of writing this book, he could have wrote four quality Christian screenplays. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the uh, the uh, 
special effects would have been up to snuff, but you know, I, I'm just thinking like um, a shallow Hal kind of movie where he's trying to fuck an angel. <laughs> Is, is is something that we could do. <laughs> so does the angel like put on like does the angel put on like a view of like they're kind of like a, a not very attractive person? Yeah. <laughs> like That's it's exactly like a, it's kind of like she's all that, but like she doesn't get made up at the end. She's just an angel and is oh, no, you, you, you're 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 on the right track. So like there's an angel who is a sexless angel, but everybody wants to fuck her. So she has to wear glasses because everybody knows that <laughs> if a girl wears glasses, nobody wants to fuck them. Okay. Yeah. She just like wears some glasses with like the lenses popped out. Right. But, but our Jack Black, he can't see the glasses. And so he falls in love with her anyway, or something like that. I don't know. We're still working on it. Okay, okay. Let's let's put that on the back burner for now. Um anyway, uh The Angel Who Almost Destroyed Jerusalem is like a subtitle. And <laughs> I mean he has a, a bunch of them that are like the this angel like, who. The, I mean, the, like, um, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like the angel who destroyed the Assyrian army, the angel who smote Herod Agrippa, these all could be movies. These yeah, are I mean, these are almost like individual like <laughs> anthology episodes. Um, the I mean, angel who destroyed the Egyptian firstborn. Right. Like, touchy subject. The angel Especially who stopped Abraham. Yeah. Um, the angel who smote Herod Agrippa. Exactly. The the angel the angels and those who reject Jesus. That's like the 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 ultimate conclusion of that series, though. Do you want to know something horribly ironic? What? While I was reading this, um, especially right around the part where it was like the angel who destroyed the Assyrian army, the angel who right. almost destroyed Jerusalem, I was watching like world news and it was talking about like the Iron Dome and bombings in Gaza and <laughs> my mind immediately went to like the angel who destroyed Palestine. Like, uh shit. There's people probably believe that. Like, I mean, this this is talking about all these things were, that were basically documented in scripture in the Old Testament that you know angels were involved. Um, did not know that angels took down Hitler. That was a new one to me. But um, <laughs> I will say that he doesn't in this section really talk about. Um, the the Canaanite genocide, mm-hmm. uh, where an angel was involved with that too. Um, and I think he's deliberately not telling about the angel who committed genocide. I think that that's <laughs> like, I think that that's like the angel he's leaving out. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 Egyptian firstborn too. I mean, yes, I do realize you know that the the Jews put the blood over, but like, what did those babies do? That's right. But you know that was their judgment, right? I mean, I mean the Assyrians had it coming. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, I <laughs> I do think that. 
the section on angels and eternal life seemed a little bit unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, were- this, this book is what my paper copy is just about 130 pages. Right. There's definitely a lot of stuff that's, that's kind of repeated in here or things right. that are just kind of filler. I mean, in this section, I think what it, what my problem is is he doesn't say anything like that, that's a fresh take. No. On on angels and eternity, I think there's nothing in there that makes me go, "Oh, that's an interesting thought," or "Oh, that's fucking crazy." It's just like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's just kind of what people think about angels, and you know, thanks. Like, um. So much of this book. How many times do you think he even mentions the word angels in this book? I mean, uh, I know that's the theme of the book, but man, I know. I think this this book could be condensed down in like a pamphlet. It, yeah, like <laughs> angels. What to know and how to spot them? Like that's what this needs to be. So, just like a a little self help pamphlet pamphlet. Exactly. Um, so chapter ten, angels in the gospel. Again, it's it's a lot of stuff that's that's not really fresh for this book. He's already made a lot of these points. Um, he just tells some stories, you know. Um, like he he, he talks about the Wesleys. Um. So uh, angels can't spread the gospel, but they can intervene yeah. and help spread it. So that's the right. key thing. But didn't he say is, that um, earlier, though? I mean, didn't, wasn't he, he, did, he did. Yeah, like that's like, why do you need a whole chapter to say that? I don't, I don't know. Or like, um, he says, my wife, whose parents were missionaries to China, can remember many instances in her life where angels must have intervened in the mis- ministry of her father and fellow missionaries. Right. But like, but like, those are the situations where they're like, uh, yeah, like we had our visas and they said they were unexpired, but they checked them and they were and they weren't going to let us through the border. But then a guy came up and said we could and then he disappeared and it must have been an angel so they can help they can like they can like give an assist but they can't actually you know but see spread the gospel message well okay but that's bullshit too though right because like if if you are to believe the gospels as billy graham you know professes that they are infallible um, then you have to assume that that is exactly what the angel did when Joseph was about to say, yeah, I'm done with Mary. She's a, a pregnant 14 year old. I don't want anything to do with her. <laughs> and an angel pops up and drops Isaiah seven fourteen on him and is like, mm-hmm. the Messiah will be, that, the, shares the gospel with him, literally shares the gospel with Joseph in order to get him to marry Mary. So, like, I mean, doesn't that just kind of disprove what Billy Graham is saying using his own, like, text? I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's a little. 
Because that's more than just an assist. The What's that? I'm surprised that Joseph believed the angel because it's like, <laughs> hey, Joseph, like, you know, that teenage girl, like she's pregnant. It's not yours, but it's God's. And like, just don't, um, you got to stick with her. <laughs> um, Joseph was a good dude. Uh, no, we don't have to get into the virgin birth, but because <laughs> uh, that's, we should do a book about that because there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a bunch I, of I, crazy. I would be game for that. Um, the virgin birth. I mean, it's one of those things that people get really attached to, and they they, they make it like you either believe in the virgin birth or you're not a Christian, and it's like yeah, I don't know. I don't- I don't think it should be one of those things that's like a deal breaker. Right, because, I mean, nowhere is, does anyone indicate within Christian theology that you have to believe in that in order to be saved. It's not part of any creed. So, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, it's part of creeds, but it's not like something that you have to necessarily affirm in order to be a Christian. But people become so attached to that idea yeah. That to suggest otherwise to certain people will be to suggest like apostasy. Like that's the level they feel about it. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but like, it's hard for me to believe that God would be like, I'm going to impregnate a 14 year old. I mean, like, and I mean, I mean, and then, I mean, I just have remember having this conversation, like in school, it's like, I don't, you know, we're not necessarily thinking of it in like impregnating, like in the physical sense, but right you now, know, now divine intervention, that, basically. That 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 is what I was taught, right? Because I was I was raised Mormons and Mormons. No, I, I've seen that, that Mormon cartoon yeah. where it is very suggestive, where God God took a physical form, came down, and got married pregnant, and there's this shot in the animated cartoon that's pretty infamous online and and right. otherwise where he just kind of like pops out from behind the door and you're like whoa um okay <laughs> yeah uh it yeah it's definitely something that like as i left the mormon church and and began talking to other people other christians you know and realizing that's not what other christians believed mm-hmm. that's like the first time i felt like I was raised in a cult. Like that was the, that was the thing. <laughs> like you, you, you don't believe that like God inseminated Mary. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I guess even in my mind as a kid, it was like, if God's all, all powerful, like he doesn't need to come down and, and do that. Act. Come down. Like, things come can, down. things can just happen <laughs> within, within her. Um, yeah, we're getting off track, but we are. it was and always just kind of weird. Billy Graham doesn't even talk about the virgin birth, so we got to get back. We got to do a Jeremy pivot. <laughs> um, the sound of angels' voices. I have, <laughs> I have some thoughts on this. Um, did I skip something you want to talk about, or no, no? Um, he 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 gets into a whole lot of thing about like what do angels sound like, and you know. 
Well, this is one of those things I'm like, does it really matter? That's 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 kind of like where I'm at is like, um, he acts like everybody wants to know what an angel sounds like. And I have never asked myself that question. Maybe it depends on the person. Maybe it's something right. that like you can't even describe it. It's like when, you know, like someone who, you know, is blind and you're, they're trying to describe a color. It's like, there's no frame of reference and there we never all, will be. We all know that angels all sound like Morgan Freeman. Eh. They, they all look like Hemsworth and they all, they all sound like Freeman. <laughs> Uh, no maybe in your mind maybe no um I think in my mind all angels look like boy George uh, ooh I like I like that in the just kind of the contrast to modern evangelicals it's like yeah. right it's yeah. just like and they, they sound like boy George <laughs> <laughs> um and they do sing in my mind, like Boy George. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at with this chapter. Is that I really don't care. And he, he talks about like? he talks about the Titanic. He gets like mm-hmm. really weird talking about the Titanic. Um, we find it's like, uh. In the same way, any evangel- evangelistic ministry sounds to the note of urgency concerning the gospel. We have no time to waste because we can never reclaim this moment. We may never have a second chance to witness it if we neglect it the first time. We can illustrate this from the sinking of the Titanic. The greatest ship of its day, weighing 46,000 tons, it was considered unsinkable. But on the night of April 14th, 1912, while moving through the ocean at 22 knots, it's like, how much fucking information yeah. are like, you going to give me? Is. I mean, like, he's a, he, he tells me the speed it was going at. He, he, he talks about how many people died. Um, to illustrate what point exactly. Because he, mean, he like, goes on to say that one of the, one of the passengers right. was on his way to preach in Chicago. And, right. um... So I like this tie-in. Um, trying to stay float in the ocean, he drifted towards a young man holding onto a plank. Harper asked, young man, are you saved? The man said, no. A wave separated them. After a few minutes, they drifted within speaking distance of each other. And again, Harper called to him and said, have you made with peace your, God, <laughs> your peace with God? The young man said, not yet. A wave overwhelmed John Harper and you was seen no more, but the words, are you saved, kept ringing in the young man's ears. Two weeks later, a youth stood up in a Christian Endeavor meeting in New York. He told his story and said, I am John Harper's last convert. Um, This is the um, alternative ending to the movie Titanic. I mean, Um, honestly, (laughs) where, where Jack is like, Rose, Rose, are you saved? Oh. Yeah, and in that movie, there were no waves or anything. This one, you can hold on to a plank, um, get saved, and then go on to go to a meeting in New York two weeks later. So, I I feel like we need to jazz this story up, and and we, we need to be like John Harper, literally baptized him in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> he sent a frigid wave over him, right? Um, 
So he tells that story, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that story have to do with angels? Because I don't even know. Because you know what would have been great in that moment for John Harper? Hmm. An angel swooping down and <laughs> putting him in a fucking lifeboat. I mean, like... <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, like, uh, we're some mysterious wings, Russell. <laughs> Angels totally exist, and I'm going to prove it by telling you all these terrible things, uh, p- things where people die. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's like his premise. I don't know. It just seems like a really terrible story to tell. Maybe that's me. I'm just not into the, the Titanic that much. I hated that movie as a kid. Well, it's inter- I mean, because you have to put in the frame of reference, like when this book came out, obviously the movie wasn't out, but he does no. mention the recent discovery of the Hulk of the Titanic, right. means to say whole, um, has revived <laughs> our interest in the whole tragic story. So he just wanted to kind of, you know, bring up a, a current event and okay. drop that so in like, there. Yeah. So like it was a trendy thing and he wanted to, to bring it up. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we go on to, to chapter 11. Angel Ministries in the Life of Jesus. Um, and he wants you to know that um, it would take an entire book to spell out in detail how the life of Jesus was intertwined with the intending, attending ministry of angels. Um, but then he's like, but this isn't that book. <laughs> right. <laughs> that probably would have been a better book. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Um, so yeah, so this chapter, he he talks about how, uh, angels just kind of stood by as Jesus was murdered. Yeah. Um, like. But also if you never, even if you think of all the horrible sins in the world of war and suicide and suffering, um, so just, just to give you a frame of reference, we can never plumb the depths of sin or sense how terrible human sin is until we go to the cross and see that it was, quote, sin that caused the Son of God to be crucified. The ravages of war, the tragedy of suicide, the agony of the poverty stricken, the suffering and irony of the rejected of our society. Um, I'm inappropriately laughing there. Um, the blood the blood of the the blood of the accident victim. Um Angels could have saved them, by the way. Uh, the terror of rape and mugging victims of our generation. All these speak, these all speak as with a single voice of um, the degradation that besets the human race at this hour. But no sin has been committed in the world today that can compare with the full cup of the universe's sin that was brought to Jesus on the cross. So if you think you have a bad, you know, you didn't have it all piled up on you. <laughs> right. Um... I don't think he had to mention all the horrible crimes. Um, But, you know, your mugging wasn't that bad. Was he mugged? No. Oh, I thought thought you were talking about something serious that happened. I was like, what? No, Um, he just talks about the terror, the terror of rape and mugging victims of our generation. He did, he did say that, you know. Um... Billy Graham has some really cool ideas about 
angels and it just seems like they're really passive. Yeah. They don't they don't really do anything. Except every now and then they do something really awesome. Like that's Yeah, like in the meantime, it's kinda gonna be shitty, but you know, this war is gonna be going on and eventually it'll be better. It's like it's like they have a prime directive. They're not allowed to like interfere. No. Except sometimes it's like, just like let it run its course. Sometimes if the person utters the right prayer. Or they they, get, they are getting attacked by a tiger and they're like, oh Jesus. Right. They're like, well, the angel saved me, but also my arm is hanging off by like a thread, so um right. The 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 problem with that kind of theology is it's the same as like prosperity teaching, where when you say something like that, you're you're saying that this person was special and that's why an angel saved them. So mm-hmm. when you get mauled and killed by a tiger or your loved one does, they just weren't good enough. They didn't say the right, uh, the right code words. Right. They didn't say the right words. And that's why, that's why an angel didn't say, it's just such a, a fucked up view of the whole thing. Like, um, and this, this all knowing, all powerful, all listening God, uh, isn't going to do anything unless you you say the right things in the right moment, and he feels yeah. and he feels like helping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, anything else in chapter eleven you want to talk about? Like he talks about the angels at the resurrection and the ascension. Nah, I mean, I, I felt like it was pretty, like, they kind of just, like, helped help Jesus out sometimes. Um, I do, like, I mean, the next one's talking about, like, in prophecy, angels in prophecy. Um, right. So I, I think we should move on to that one. I'll say that this chapter that we, that we just read and the next one, they really feel like an attempt at a biblical justification for the other shit he already said. Like he's, he's saying, uh, angels exist in this world. Uh, UFOs are angels, you know, um, here are the rules of angels. Here's what they look like. And angels really are real because they were at the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus. They're, they're in the prophecies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just, it just seems like without actually pointing to like spe- specific scriptures that, that say the specific rules and ways that angels present themselves. Um, he's just using any mention of an angel, of an angel in the Bible to prove his thesis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, they yeah, feel just lo- did a control F, control F for Angel. Right, exactly. It's like, um, he, he, these two chapters are really just scripture dumps. I mean, yes. which, yes. which is, which is refreshing on the one hand from a lot of the shit that we read, but, um, 
it just the whole point of it isn't to to give us any kind of fresh take on those scriptures. It's just to kind of like ground the concept of angels into mm-hmm. some sort of scriptural reality for evangelicals. Yeah, it's it's very citation heavy, right? Um, which in any other any other type of book, it would be like okay, like good, you're actually. But you know, like you said, with using multiple different translations and the way it's kind of just like jumping from topic to topic and he'll be like, as I already said, this is like this. And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, this is where we're getting to kind of the last stretch of, you know, here's what the scripture says. um, Here's what we can expect moving forward as far as like the end game. Um, That's, you know, here's what's going to happen because we already know because revelation Um, And he says, you know, without this hope of the future, I do not know what modern man does except turn to drugs and alcohol. (laughs) Um, Because those are the only things in the meantime to to, kind of keep your keep yourself. um, If you don't have hope, you're just going to. So. And an interesting story that I once heard about Billy Graham is that when he was a teenager. Prohibition ended mm-hmm. and uh his his dad who was like very conservative uh made him and his i think his sister or his brother drink beer until they got sick so that they wouldn't ever drink and billy graham credits that for um him not ever doing drugs or alcohol um, which, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the solution. Maybe that's what he wants us to um, do. Um, I mean, I've definitely had a lot of those nights where I'm like, I'm never going to drink again. And then like <laughs> a month later, it's like, why did I do this? Would, would you, would you do that to your 15 year old or 14 year old? No, no. <laughs> there's a, there's an old, old, uh, Donald Duck cartoon with the nephews where they buy uh, they save up their money and buy him cigars and he finds the cigars in their treehouse and he thinks they're smoking so he makes them smoke every cigar uh, un- until they get sick and then he finds like the the father's day card and mm-hmm. he feels terrible and that's that's kind of like what that reminds me of it's just like that's such bad parenting. <laughs> I mean, he lost out on his gift and uh, got his nephews addicted to nicotine. So, <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, I mean, chapter thirteen, the angels and death. Yeah. This is a. This is where it gets good again. I think this is where it picks up a little bit. I mean, we got, we got like kind of some Colton Burko yeah. shit here where, you know, obviously angels um, aren't going to die, but we do. And here's how it's going to go for some people. Um, and if you know this, um, according to Billy Graham, dying patients are giving so many drugs today that we don't hear as many of these stories now. Um, if anything, the drugs probably kind of improve the stories, but I don't know, or maybe the drugs are the cause of the stories. 
I think I think uh, something that I thought was a little bit of a hot take. I mean, it's not really, but just the way he says it is he says, death is not natural for man was created to live and not to die. It is it is the result of God's judgment because of man's sin and rebellion. So like, um, you hear that a lot that like, you know, Adam and Eve were, were eternal and because mm-hmm. of the sin, that's when death came in. I know that's, that's like a fed, fundamental part of what Ken Ham believes. Um, yeah, that's true. Right? The dinosaurs uh, would have had arthritis. Right. Because original um, sin. Right. But like, I, I just wonder how many uh, like practicing Christians actually believe that like death is not part of nature. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that is actually would be a pretty interesting discussion as far as the concept of creation with the initial intent that nothing did die or was supposed to. Because I mean, in, in your birthday wish, Sorbo (laughs) indicates that that's not what he believes. Uh, When talking about Gizmo's death, he says life is, that life is life. I mean, that's part of life. Death is part of life. That's. That's yeah, nature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like that tie back. Um, no, I mean, it's just, it's weird to see it put that way. And because like, I, like, I know that's what, what the Bible says. And that's what like Calvin said. And so that's what a lot of Christians affirm. But I just wonder how many of those like affirming Christians actually believe that like death isn't part of nature, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Because it seems to me like it's part of like it, it, like you could at least believe that it's part of like God's cycle, and that's why like decaying animals fertilize soil. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not that's not the way that that he's choosing to go with this. He's choosing to say that we are designed to live forever. The original intent was original intent, and we've been judged. Um. So, do you do do you think that the wonderful time or the wonderful welcome to come? Sounds like it's worth it. Because it doesn't really to me. He doesn't really build it up the way I thought yeah, he was Yeah, and he to. does that, that thing. Um, I didn't notice this before, but in the ending of each chapter, he basically gives this little kind of like, are you ready to face death? Like, right. if you're not, then like put your trust in Jesus. Right. He, he basically does have an altar call at the end of yeah. every chapter. At the end of every chapter, it's like, you know, do you know where you you're gonna go if you die tomorrow? <laughs> like yeah, like that stand um, at the state fair. That's like, exactly. Are you going to heaven? I'm like, I'm glad I have these people to tell me whether whether I am or not. Um, <laughs> I do like angel spectators. That's chapter fourteen. It's a wee chapter though. It's only three it pages is. long. It's only it's so fucking short. Um. But this idea that angels are voyeurs. Is... <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> um, 
I mean, he stops short, just short of saying that, like, angels are watching you while you masturbate. <laughs> um, I mean, we all, everyone knows that they still say it. <laughs> um, I hope they they get a good look. No. Um, <laughs> just stay out of the splash zone. Oh. Uh, I'm done. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, there's not really much to say about this chapter. It's so fucking short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the idea that he presents here, it could have just been left out. Um, Because I, d- I don't need to think about angels watching me all the fucking time. Uh, I smoke a lot of weed, and that thought gets me <laughs> super paranoid. Um <laughs> With all their eyes. Uh, yeah, all their eyes. Yeah, the, the fucking cherubim fucking watching me right now. That, yeah. that scares the shit out of me. Wheels within wheels, man. <laughs> so chapter 15, Angels in Our Lives Today. Basically, so, if you've seen Touched by an Angel, that's <laughs> that's where... That sums it up. <laughs> it, Touched by an Angel is based off of this chapter of this book. Um, no, I mean, that's, yeah, like. Yeah, this one uh, just basically starts with, and he says World War II, so I'm going to I'm gonna assume maybe he's not talking about the right war. Um, basically, they were saying that there were these airmen um, on a mission and they were hit by enemy fire and either incapacitated or dead, but their planes kept flying. So the air chief marshal said he believed angels had actually flown some of the planes. Right. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's angels in our lives today. Uh. <laughs> um, you know, touched by an angel, the, the actor that played the angel of death that ended up dying. The dude. Yeah, the dude. Wait, wait, who was who was the angel of death? Was it Andrew? Andrew, yeah, Andrew. Oh, I do. I felt like we talked about this in, or maybe it was another podcast I was listening to. I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead with There's, your initial thought. No, all I was gonna say is that like that guy before he died because he didn't die. But that guy said that whenever he'd like go out in public, people would like get really fucking scared. Like, I remember like he was, there was like, there's like some citation where he's like, I saw every, you know, all the Holocaust victims and it, it was like, why didn't you do anything? <laughs> that is, yeah, you're right. That is from that. He, he, he does talk about that. Um, that show was so weird and I watched a lot of it, like a lot of it. It was like one of those acceptable shows that you could watch like as a kid. It was weird though. I did not care for it. (laughs) Um, It's on the same level of like, it wasn't like overtly Christian. I feel like, you know, talk about like God and angels. Um, But it's one of those still like definitely like just be like on the Hallmark channel and be like the goodness of love or something. Just, like very very nebulous ideas. It's it's not like explicitly Christian, 
Yeah. Whenever they're in a like religious setting, it's always like a church. It's yeah. not like they, they maybe they do. Is there an episode where they go to a mosque? That would be interesting. Um, I don't know. Somebody find out. Uh, so this this chapter we're talking about though, that's the last chapter of the book, and the way he ends the book is just really <laughs> abrupt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny. So go ahead. You want to talk about it? I mean, it, he. I mean, this chapter, like he said, if there's there's not much new. It also goes. Um, Billy Graham once again kind of mentions that like he was visiting American troops during the Korean War, and then they talked about a story where um, there was a boar and it died immediately. They didn't even have to shoot it. And I guess that um, basically came up on their tank or on their, on them, on their camp and it just toppled over and they ate it and they got their strength back because they were like freezing and they're close to death and hadn't eaten anything. So of course angels got involved and sent them a boar that just like collapsed. Um, Then they found a North Korean soldier who could speak English. Um, Was he a soldier or he was just a North Korean citizen? I think he was just a North Korean. I don't think he was... Uh... He was just a North Korean citizen. He speaked English and was like, I'll show you the way out. And then he disappeared. Um, my theory is that Boar had a heart attack and had lingering health issues that they ate it and they were just tripping on it. And they're like, oh, we found a <laughs> Korean guy that speaks English. He's going to lead us out of the forest. Um, right. And yeah, he basically showed him to say, like, what? You just found this guy out in the middle of nowhere that speaks like I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> that uh, that 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 wild boar had been dead for like six days. That wild know. boar had like a bubonic plague in it, and they ate it, and they were just like they they were uh, dead the whole time, actually. The whole time, it's like the ending of uh, the sixth day. It was all a yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, the the last paragraph of this book. He's like, the scripture says there is a time to be born and a time to die. And when my time to die comes, an angel will be there to comfort me. He will give me peace and joy, even at that most critical hour, and usher me into the presence of God. And I will dwell with the Lord forever. Thank God for the ministry of his blessed angels. That is how you end a church newsletter. That is not how you end a bestseller like, book. Like You're pretty confident about what's going to happen when you die. I mean, he is speaking with absolute confidence that when he is going to die, there's going to be an angel there basically holding his fucking hand. You know? Like, how? How do you know that, Billy? I mean, um, yeah, the scripture says there's a time to be worn and a time to die. Um, also adapted into a great song from the birds called Turn, Turn, Turn. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I now have, which I now have stuck in my head. But it is, originally for, it is originally from scripture. It is from Ecclesiastes. So uh, word, word for word it is, except for the turn, turn, turn part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that great. was all then. That was, that was just some artistic license there. <laughs> Great song, though. It really is a great song. Um, yeah, I think uh, 
I don't really have much else to say about this book except, you know, I think that on the History Channel, that one guy is going to have to start saying angels. Yeah, let's get some ancient angels <laughs> history. <laughs> ancient angels. Because oh, apparently be there's so a cool. lot of crossover with UFOs and angels. Like it yeah. might be one, it might be the other. So yeah, yeah, let's do that. That right. would be another show to add to their roster. I mean, seriously, this book could spawn an entire Christian media franchise. You this this is more source material, I think, than uh, a Pilgrim's Progress. I think. I think it's more can... enjoyable to read than Pilgrim's Progress. Oh, I mean, right, Pilgrim's Progress sure. is just like a big allegory, which right. it's an allegory that hits you over the head with the fact that it's an allegory. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the, the Pilgrim's Pro- Progress is like if J.R.R. Tolkien was writing 400 years earlier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. With 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 what they knew about literature, it's just really yeah. unnecessary. Um, it's unnecessary description. Like, f- they over describe everything in that book. Yeah, a Pilgrim's Progress. I don't fucking care. Like, just get to the fucking <laughs> point. You know, he's gonna watch if, the movie version. <laughs> if if a Pilgrim's Progress was written by Jack Kerouac, it would be a way better fucking book. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that right now. All right, like, <laughs> I think I think uh, we're done with angels, angels, angels. <laughs> Sunday, angels. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, there's four yep. of them. No, that's there's awkward. Angels, 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 angels. No, you can't do four. It's got to be three. Come on, I don't know. get your shit together, Billy. Live new um, angels. <laughs> angels, angels, angels. They will party for you. But don't try to bang them. So let's let, let's talk about this though. I think that this is the closest thing to to a serious theology book that we've actually read. I will agree. Um, that being said, it's not, being great, said, it's not really. It's not really no. that. I mean, it has a lot of scriptural references, but a lot of it is just like. Hey, this weird thing happened in a world war. Maybe it was angels. Right. It's 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 not presenting any kind of systematic theology. No. But um it's presenting a biblical opinion about angels or biblically uh influenced opinion about angels. Um yeah. and I don't know. I think it was. I think it was just crazy enough, just zany enough. Um, <laughs> it, it, it. I don't know. Maybe it could have been ten percent zanier. It could have. It could have like gone into like angels versus spiritual warfare. Um... Yeah, pictures would have been better. Pictures would have been good. Like a description of. The individual types of, uh, yeah, some of them uh, are yeah. very scary, right? Um, no, I think I think it was a good effort. I don't think, I don't think it was a bad book. <laughs> I'll give it two out of four angels. Um, two out, of, two out of four angels. I'll give it angels, um, angels. 
Angels, it's angels. No angels in that. It's no angels in the outfield or in the end zone. Is Danny Glover the best fictional angel? No, he's not an angel. Yeah, he's not an angel though. What the fuck am I thinking? He's Chris. He's Christopher not, Lloyd. It's Christopher, it's Christopher Lloyd, and I yeah. say no because Christopher Lloyd is already Doc Brown. Yeah. Okay. Della Real- Reese was a good angel. I mean, we're, if we're talking about touched by an angel, Della Reese was a good angel. Della Reese is a good angel. Did you know she had her own talk show like decades ago? What's that? She had her own talk show. Oh, did she? That's crazy. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, didn't Nick Cage play an angel? He played an angel. Ooh, or no, he played... Did he play an angel or did he play somebody who was affected by an angel? I don't fucking I know. I mean, I, I do know that John Travolta played an angel in... Yes, he did. Michael. Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, Nick Cage was angel in City of Angels. City of Angels, yeah. Shitty movie. Um, no Michael though has Andy McDowell in it and Margaret cannot fucking stand Andy McDowell Andy McDowell was in so many movies in that (laughs) there was like a very selective period of time I mean and it wasn't just not it was I mean because like Groundhog Day um, was it she in my was she in my best friend's wedding multiplicity she's in multiplicity Oh man, yeah, so much stuff. Yeah, she's done a lot of shit. Um, for being somebody who I don't know is not that great of an actor, it's like kind of mediocre. Yeah. Um, Margaret will be happy that you said that though, because like I said, she cannot fucking stand Andy McDowell. Cool. Um, I'll uh, I'll take it. John John Travolta as an angel is an interesting choice. Um and. The wing effect in that movie is really weird. I um, haven't seen it because I'm not a huge Travolta fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know you, you know what my favorite thing Travolta's in? Hmm. Uh it it's pulp fiction, but it's only because of that scene where he enters the restaurant. And he looks like a fucking meerkat when he's looking for Uma Thurman. <laughs> and he does that expression with his hands. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Um, no, John Travolta sucks. He really does. I think as a person and as an actor, he's not great. Yeah. I and mean, then you get the whole Scientology stuff and all yeah. that. And it's like, hmm. Uh, I, I do enjoy a good watching a face off, though. But that's, that's because true. it also has Nick Cage in it. Nick Cage, Nick Cage, who is in Left Behind, right? He's in the left, a Left Behind movie. Yes, he is. I believe. Yeah. Is Nick Cage explicitly uh, Christian, or he's Catholic, yeah. right? Isn't he? Isn't he he just takes though? whatever jobs will pay. Okay. He de- he definitely does that. Yeah. They need to. The, I'm going to tell you something. They really need to get on that though, because. They're, they need to find, like, Pure Flix needs to find some vehicles for Nick Cage. Because he could make some good Christian movies. Like, Left Behind is not that. But, no, <laughs> no. Um, I don't think, I feel like he's too more stream. You need a Greg Kinnear. You need a... Ooh, Greg Kinnear, yeah. You know, he's already he's already in that. Uh, he's already in the world, so... Greg, Greg Kinnear... 
Yeah, Greg Kinnear's great because he, he's like he's like a B minus actor in everything that he's in. <laughs> yeah, he can he can straddle the line of mainstream and um, and Christian movies. He's probably like also really big in like uh, Muslim films and. <laughs> Like, like he he's got a really big Bollywood presence. He just fucking works all the he time. He just plays like the like <laughs> ignorant American or just like fish out of water. I bet Greg Kinnear is on cameo. And yeah, I bet oh, yeah. I bet I bet you get your money's worth with Greg Kinnear. I bet. I will have to do some research. I'm I'm not going to ever do another cameo though, because that is just it's just wrong. It just feels wrong. Yeah. It, it was worth it. Don't get me it's wrong. Worth it, but like never again. It's just like if you have to take a cold shower afterwards. I mean, I'm just thinking about how like uh I paid him the equivalent of like twenty four hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> oh don't break don't break it down into hourly. I just I don't even I didn't Unless, even want to ask you how much it was. Uh, we're not going to get into that, but I, know, I, I yeah, yeah. But what I will say is that it was too much, and uh, I only hope, my only hope, is that what we saw, I'm hoping, was like the 36th take. I, I hope that he was I like, hope so. yeah. <laughs> I hope that wasn't like the first take. I hope that he had to restart a whole bunch of times. Um. I love the Probably way not, but we can dream. I love the way he ends that uh, video, though. Should we, the, should we put it at the end of this episode? As like a yeah, let's just let's just we've teased it throughout. Let's just drop it yeah. right, you know, at the end. Let's do it. All right, um, let's do. I, I like that. All right, I think I have nothing else to say about Billy Graham. Nope, nope, I'm um, good as well. And. Right now, when we get off air, Marissa and I are gonna figure out what we're doing next week. So, yep, I'm gonna go get some snacks. All right, later. All right, see you next week. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, Marissa, how you doing? This is a book by Russell and Margaret, and this is Kevin Sorbo here. I'm here to wish you uh, a happy birthday, a happy 40th birthday. And I know, Marissa, I know you feel old. It's not old. I shot Hercules from 33 till I was 40, seven years in that show, and then five years in Andromeda. And since then, I've shot a bunch of movies. I'm a lot older than you are. Oh, I used to think 30 was old. You probably did too. When you're 12, 13, you meet a guy who's 30, 30, you're old. Oh, well. Um, I love my 40s. If I could turn the clock back, I'd stop it at 35, and it's, I'd live that out for about 50 years and then start going forward. Oh, wishful thinking. Um, but anyway, um, I hope it's great. I hope everything's awesome with you. And um, I thank you for loving my wife, Sam, as well. We got a lot of stuff going on. I have a movie in theaters right now called The Miracle, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. I got another miracle title coming up. The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. It's on its second month in theaters. And then One Nation Under God opens 4th of July week. And then um, Miracle in East Texas, which I directed. And my wife is in it. She does an amazing job in it. Um, uh, that opens sometime in late August, early September. Um, really good movie. Set in 1930. True story. Based on a true story. 
Um, thank you for loving Let There Be Light. I love Let There Be Light as well. I had a great time directing that one. I'm about to, to direct the next uh, Left Behind movie. If you know the Left Behind books, I'm doing the third installment. So I'm starring in it, also directing it, and we'll probably start shooting late August and all of September. Okay? So be on the lookout for that. Um, I was devastated when Gizmo died too, by the way. Um, love that little puppy. Um, but, um, yeah. What are you going to do? Life is life, right? Um, go to kevinsorbo.net for more information and go to sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com. Sign up, sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com. Uh, a lot of information coming down the road. All right, God bless you. Have a great birthday. Masks off. I'm not anti-mask. Yes, I am. But um, I'm pro-face. Pro-face. Okay, bye.